Welcome back. In this week's episode, we discuss COVID confusion among the governments of the West, Jordan Peterson resigning from the University of Toronto, Matt Walsh debating trans activists on Dr. Phil, and the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. Okay, Rody. so how are you doing today? How was your weekend? My weekend was good. You know, it was relaxing and cold, like usual. <laughs> I hate oh, the man. cold. If, if <laughs> you guys couldn't tell, I really hate the cold. You know, I like to say global warming's not coming soon enough. <laughs> so It's not global warming anymore. It's now climate change. So sorry, you're not sorry, even... climate change. I'm just not coming I'm soon just... enough. I'm just trying to make sure you're not canceled, and I'm trying to lower your expectations here. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. Listen, you know, as much as I would love to do a, 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 a wet t-shirt party in Antarctica, you know, it's, uh, it's not, it's not going to happen anytime soon, it seems. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so, okay, so... We started this podcast only a couple of months ago, and we are already receiving positive feedback. We would love to expand the operations, but we need your help, dear listener. Please like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to our channel. Hit the notification bell to be updated on our latest uploads. If you want to reach out, you can comment on the video or on our Instagram page at the right side of the compass. In addition, we are on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. So this is going to be a long podcast. So let's get this started. So strap let's, in. Exactly. Let's uh, let's let's do this. So the first topic today, experts say the fourth vaccine doesn't work. Um, and before the YouTube gods decide to cancel us, I didn't say this. Rody didn't say this. This is what the, the mainstream media is saying. This is the stories coming out of Israel. These are the stories uh, that are available if you do Israel fourth vaccine doesn't work. If you type that in, you get the terms of YouTube gods, basically. From the YouTube gods. <laughs> exactly. Google are the YouTube gods. So if you go to uh, Israel fourth vaccine doesn't work times of Israel. This is what I typed into Google, right? Israeli trial world's first finds fourth dose not good enough. Um, and then you see a bunch of other articles, New York Times, Health Policy, New York Post, FT, uh, Forbes, uh, The Hill, so this is this is what the experts are saying. I'm not making this stuff up. I, I trust me. I don't want this thing to work. I uh, I don't I don't want it to fail. But uh, these are the facts, and uh, I I just follow the science. You know how it is. I, I, just, I just follow the science. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just following the science here. But before we get into Israel, I would like to uh, discuss our very British friends over in the UK, and I want to congratulate our them. Our cousins in the UK are, are very lovely friends in the UK. Uh, Britain gets rid of all their COVID mandates. They're not going to be – they're not getting vaccine mandates, no masks, no social distancing, nothing zilch nada. They still have recommendations, but those can be ignored uh, if you so choose. Just so that you're aware, the COVID mandates were dropped because of politics concerning Boris Johnson partying at – Downing Street. Really? Yeah. While everyone was locked in their houses, Boris Johnson and the conservatives were all partying down on Downing Street. And so, as you and can they imagine, weren't wearing masks or any of that. Yeah, they weren't following their own COVID guidelines. And so, as you can imagine, that that's not a very good look. 
Uh, it seems that Boris Johnson's political career might end up in the forever box very soon. So, you know, we, we have to wait and see. Well, I find it interesting how when actually what I like about this story is that there's actually repercussions for their actions. So, for example, we see a lot of that here in the U.S. Like we saw, you know, Nancy Pelosi and uh, AOC the governor. Recently. AOC recently, AOC, the governor yeah, she... of California, but when it was really bad back in 2020, you know, already a year ago, but within that, uh, you know, two year time, time, timeline, um, you know, they also were like hypocrites and then, but still nothing happened to them. So I, but like you know what it is, you know what here, it is like what? Well, in the United States, they had the media playing defense. Whereas in the UK, that just wasn't the case. Like there was no one pay- playing defense for Boris Johnson. That's uh-huh. just the reality. I think also because the me- I think the media probably would have held people accountable if it wasn't an election year. But if if let's say the media said Nancy Pelosi made a big deal about uh you know the her hypocrisy during an election year, she might have lost her election. So they kind of kept it on the DL. Um, but now that the elections are over, we we kind of have to deal with the fallout of all this stuff. Uh huh. Um, so, but that's not the case in England, though. Right, because it's past an election year. It's not the the British are not having elections right now. And also, keep in mind, Boris Johnson is a conservative, so he's not part of the dominant regime, or he is. It's not. I could go into hours of British politics, but needless to say, the point is, is that they got caught with their pants down and now Boris Johnson needs to lift the rules. Fair enough. Okay. Uh-huh. So Meanwhile, they went from A to their B plan. From, uh, yes, I guess, but that's, that's very technical. That's a very technical way of saying they're back to 2019. That's a very technical way of saying that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd much prefer to say that because I don't really care about what the government thinks. Um, that's just how well, no, I find it good that they're changing because, you know, they're usually, you know, one of the more stricter, you know, countries. Well, they're not changing because they're all of a sudden they care about your freedom. They're changing because they got caught with their pants down. And those are two fundamentally different things. At the end of the day, the result is still the same, but it's not because they've realized the error of their ways and that the Omicron variant is not that serious or whatever. It's that. You know, they, they they were caught playing politics. The media called them out for it, and that's what happened. Um, yeah, so now let's talk about the United States for a second. Now that we're done talking about Britain, let's talk about the United States. We can't really avoid talking about this. Uh, Joe Rogan was on his three-hour podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience with Dr. Malone, um, who is perhaps one of the most important people in the mRNA technology. He didn't invent it, allegedly, if, if Facebook is to be believed, but he, he did contribute heavily to that area. And he started, he spent three hours talking about vaccine mandates and the vaccine and this and that. And I don't want to get too much into the details because I don't want to get this podcast taken off of the platforms. But I will say that for Israelis, the numbers he brings up about Israel versus the surrounding Arab nations is very, very enlightening. Very, very enlightening. I recommend you listen to the Joe Rogan experience. Which Specifically, people are probably his, given that he has tens of millions of listeners. Oh yeah, for sure. Our our listeners probably already listen to the Joe Rogan experience, but on the off chance that you don't, just listen to that episode. It's very enlightening. 
especially if you live in Israel. Like you need to you need to understand. And I'm not even saying that the numbers are conclusively one way or another. I'm just saying the numbers paint a very muddy picture. And if you want to be an educated citizen, you should know that. Um, and so we also know that there's been there was a letter signed by at the time it was 270 quote unquote doctors and then the number went up to a thousand but at least the the 270 number a lot of those people were like veterinarians dentists and podcasters oh wow so like they weren't really medical doctors and so you have to imagine that uh, it's kind of like when you're on a plane and there's and then like someone's ill it's like is there a doctor here and you you know that one person raises his hands like oh can you help it's like no i'm a doctor of like psychology yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no the, the, <laughs> right those <laughs> exactly exactly those people were not very helpful um but also like it shouldn't matter how many doctors you have it matters the truth but that's a different discussion and other podcasts have covered that i'm just trying to get the rundown of what happened because i want to get to israel at some point and then the Supreme Court also said that companies don't have to mandate vaccines. They, the Biden administration's OSHA mandates were not constitutional. And so a lot of companies canceled their vaccination mandates because they realized that, you know, there's a bunch of people who don't want to get mandated, don't want to get vaccinated for one reason or another, and they're not interested in getting in that fight. Uh, so, for example, General Electric, uh, the General Electric they said they're not doing a vaccine mandate. Uh, Starbucks said they're not doing a vaccine mandate. Yeah. Uh, of all places, Starbucks. I mean, uh, I never we, really knew their political views. Were they known as being liberal? They're very woke. They're very woke. Yeah. Like around Christmas time, you could tell how woke they are because they refuse to have anything to do with Jesus at Christmas time, even though they're in the United States, a very Christian country. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, they're not doing a vaccine mandate. Interestingly enough, the yeah. company Carhartt is doing a vaccine mandate, and they're probably going to eat it because they have a lot of conservative customers. Carhartt? Yeah, they make a lot of, like, outdoorsy gear. Oh, all right. Yeah, so, like, for fishermen and for hikers and stuff like that. It's yeah, they're probably going to... I, I find it funny how, I guess, like, Starbucks is, you know, going one way while Carhartt's going the other way. And it's the directions... The you you wouldn't think they're going in that direction, but Starbucks is more based in this in this way than Carhartt is. But Carhartt's going to eat it, so I don't know why they're doing that. Um, and then a federal judge recently ruled that federal employees cannot be mandated to take the vaccine. So if you're working for the federal government, you can't be forced to take the vaccine. So yeah, because not because um, he doesn't think people should get vaccinated. It was because he doesn't. Um, what does it say? However, so the the judge said that. They don't believe that Biden has the authority to, you know, make that kind of mandate with just a stroke of a pen. Right. But that's what the consent of, you know, Congress. Right. But that's what the Supreme Court always does. Right. When the Supreme Court said in Roe v. Wade that you can't tell a woman she can't have an abortion. And I'm not commenting on what I think about Roe v. Wade just in this instance. um, They're not saying that women should or shouldn't get an abortion. They're saying that this is what the law says. That's what the Supreme Court does. So yeah, they're not, the the judge is not allowed to say like, oh, I want people to get, like if the judge said, I want people to get vaccinated, so therefore I'm going to uphold the mandate, he wouldn't be doing his job. His job is to interpret the law. Um, So that goes without saying. So, you know, we got all this news coming out of the United States, but let's talk about Israel because people like to look at Israel as as a kind of guiding. Israel, people 
whoever talks about Israel and COVID, they always say like Israel's like five steps ahead of everyone else. So let's talk about what's going on in well, Israel. Well, they come right out now. with a lot of statistics and a lot of uh, data. Well, not only so. that, but they're also the first one. They were the first to like really vaccinate on a massive scale. Like when the United States was just giving out the vaccines to old people and the immunocompromised, Israel was just handing them out like candy. Um, and Israel, like they recently did the fourth vaccine and like like the title was the the data comes out says the the fourth vaccine does essentially nothing. So that's that. So that was a waste of everyone's time. And well, so- why do you think it doesn't do anything because we moved on to another strain, so you know, the vaccine is just the same as the other ones, so they just don't do anything. I think it's or- multiple things. I think it's multiple things. I think it's that anyone who's taken the fourth vaccine by definition has taken the third vaccine because the fourth vaccine and the third vaccine are the same Chemically, there's the same thing, at least from what I understand. I don't know if someone correct me, but uh, from what I understand, they're the same thing. Oh, we actually covered it. We, we we covered it. We know that it's the same thing. So anyone who's taking the third vaccine, anyone who's taking the fourth vaccine by definition took the third vaccine. And apparently you could take the same medicine 20 times. It doesn't really help if it doesn't help or if it does help, it works one time and that's it. Again, not a medicine. I'm not a doctor. Don't know anything. You should go to your doctor, ask him for advice. I'm just saying like, this is what I understood. And I think it's also because the vaccine was created for an initial strain of COVID that the Omicron variant is so different from that. It's just like, okay, well, it's, it's practically a different disease at this point. Um, And then I just think it's also because Omicron in and of itself is very transmissible. So I think the vaccines are, are waning in usefulness as the viruses become more transmissible, the, the efficacy of the vaccine goes down as well, but it could be anything really. It could be like the color of the guy's shirt. I really don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But the point is, is that the experts say that the fourth vaccine doesn't work. You're not going to see a rollout of the fourth vaccine unless the Israelis are even stupider than they thought, than I thought they were. Um, so before we were talking on the podcast about Gadi Valkan, who was, who's like the one guy in the Knesset who's against the uh, Green Pass. He makes kind of his name right now on it. But the problem with Gadi Yavalkan is that he is not in the government. He's in the opposition. So whatever he says, it has to be tempered with the fact that he he's really just changing minds out there. But in terms of policy... He doesn't have a seat, you're saying? He has a seat, but he, he's not in the government. And what I mean by that, he's not oh, in the governing coalition. 60%? Yeah, because no, it's not sixty percent, sixty seats. He's not within the faction that is in the government. He's within he's within the faction that's in the opposition. If but you his are vote part still of the counts though, since it's still in the hundred and twenty, it still counts. But if you're not voting, basically, if you're part of the coalition, you're going to vote for certain things, and if you're not in the coalition, you're not going to vote for certain things. But my my point is is that he's in the opposition. He's not in the coalition, so his voice matters a lot less. Uh, but now we have uh, someone in the government saying it's time to end the Green Pass. Uh, Finance Minister Avigdor Lieberman of the Israel Beitenu Party uh, calls to end the Green Pass. And it's very interesting. Of course, it's the finance minister. What? It makes sense if it's the finance minister. I mean, yeah. I, 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 like, <laughs> he's looking at it from an economic and financial point of view. No, I, I, I mean, yes, there is what to talk about from a finance perspective. But I think he realized the same thing that Gadi Yavarkhan did, which is that from an epidemiological standpoint, there's no reason to be doing this damage to your economy. 
it would be one thing if the, the the green pass system worked and we were seeing like lower cases. And and by the way, there's no way to really know because countries are different and they're not really comparable. So it's hard to say if a country is more transmissible or less transmissible because of A, B, C, or D. So who the hell knows? But he says essentially that, you know, right now you've got a bunch of people who are vaccinated or unvaccinated, but you got this de facto quarantine lockdown where some, where a lot of the percentage of the population, I don't want to say 50%, but like a good, like a plurality of the people are locked down for one reason or another, um, whether it's because they didn't take the vaccines, they can't do anything, or it's because they're, they got COVID and now they're in quarantine. It's, it's, it's a way to stagnate the economy. And I've seen it. Like you go to the market on Friday afternoon, right? Before, before coronavirus, it was always packed. Like you couldn't move. Now, like, it's so much more, like, so much more room. And that's because you, you don't have the tourism. You don't, like, half the people can't go outside. Um, and that's in a market where there is no green pass mandate. Like, there's no, like, there's no one telling you you can't go to the market, right? But even so, like, you're losing all the tourism. You're losing all the extra income. So, like, it's, it hurts the economy. So at this point, like, you kind of have to say, like, do I really care if someone gets a cough? Like, do I really care? Like, no, I'm I'm going to bring people in, right? Um, and so also you see that uh, Israel recently canceled its quarantine mandate for kids between the ages of zero and 18. So basically, if you're, from what I understand, and I could be wrong, uh, this is what I understood, because again, like, it kind of didn't interest me because it wasn't, until it's like, until they get rid of the green pass, I don't care. But I do have to point out that if you're a kid, you're not going to be put in quarantine anymore. You just have to be tested twice a week with the antigen tests. Um, you have to take an antigen test and it works for three days. But that, that was always stupid to me because if the antigen test works, you don't need a PCR test. And if the P- and if the antigen t- test doesn't work, then don't do it. <laughs> no, like, am I stupid for thinking? Am I stupid for thinking that? Like, what am I missing here? Um, no, I think you're right. If the thing is, you don't necessarily know if something works or or not you don't i mean i don't know how they tell whether it was a i wouldn't say fake but it was a it was a wrong uh diagnosis right right yeah but but from what i understand this was a big scandal that came out a couple of weeks ago in israel that the antigen test is not accurate right that it like misses like for for omicron specifically omicron specifically was it i'm asking i'm not i'm not saying oh no no no. Uh, oh so from what i understand it was in covid in general the antigen okay. test, right? And we also implicitly knew this because antigen tests existed alongside PCR tests, which is to say that if antigen test works, you don't need the PCR test because the PCR test is a pain in the ass. Like there was a point in the COVID thing where you would need three days for the lab to My check God, your PCR test. It was ridiculous. And then it wouldn't take two days. It would take two weeks. So by the time you got the positive results, you're already better. <laughs> Right. But even then, it's just like you would need to plan like that was one of the things that destroyed everything is that you would need to plan your schedule in advance so you could take a PCR test. A PCR test, that means you need to know what you're doing three days in advance. You can't just like decide, oh, I'm going to get on a plane and fly because you need a PCR test. But a PCR test takes three days. So you need to, you know, I don't uh, even know what I'm eating for lunch. Right. Yeah, that, and that's <laughs> by, the, and by the way, that's one of the worst things that COVID did. You had to like solidify your plans. You had to know exactly what you were doing. But most people don't. Most people kind of just some or not most people. I want to say a lot of people just shoot from the hip sometimes, you know, 
And uh, a lot of people have you. I'm sure you've traveled on a whim. You snapped your fingers. Like, you know, I'm going to go on a trip today. I'm sure you've done that. It, within the country, maybe international. I don't know. International. Planned. No, it's too expensive for the United States. I'm saying that there was a point where you decided to take a trip, maybe like for a couple hours where you're like, no, I'm going to go on a couple hour trip because I've done that before. All right. Well, I'm a bad example because I write everything down and I plan out everything. So oh, yeah, I'm a yeah. bad example. Okay, fine. fine. <laughs> but so I've done things on a whim before. So I don't know. Yeah, to me, it's but no, of- you're definitely right. It is definitely a pain to have to like when I went on vacation, like I went on, I went to uh, Mexico uh, over during this whole thing. And even I went to travel to Israel and it's a huge pain the reason, one of the reasons why we chose to go to Mexico was because they didn't make us test for the PCR or the or the 15 minute one, the antigen one. So it's a deciding factor when it came to choosing where to go because it's just such a hassle to to be able to do it. And then you know there are different ways to submit it to different countries, and then it's just a whole hassle. Right. Exactly. And so then you have to recognize that if that's what's going on, there's going to be a lot of people who's like. Well, I'm not really interested in getting a PCR test, and I'm not really interested in getting a PCR test in a country where I don't speak the language, and I'm not really interested in doing this, and I'm not really interested in doing that. So they're not going to travel. Like I, I did. I'm not going to get into specifics, but I did some, I did some tourism work last summer, uh, and I remember a lot of people were just telling me like, "Oh yeah, it's a lot of work to go to Israel right now. I'm not going to go." You know, it, it was open, but because there were so many rules, they're just like, forget it. I'll stay at home. I'll do staycation. Yeah. I'll, I'll turn on the AC. I'll break out the beach chair in my home, make myself a mimosa and call mm. it a day. You know, I'll maybe <laughs> I'll even sprinkle some sand in my room so that it feels like the beach. But I'm not going to go and uh, pay the Israeli government to do a shakedown. Um, I'm, I'm giving them money already in the country and I'm paying for the plane ticket. I'm not going to give them money for the PCR test and the this thing and the that thing and the whatever. Yeah, it's insane. I would tell people all the time when they were traveling – it's literally easier to fill out the paperwork to to like become a citizen in Israel than to actually fill out all the paperwork uh, that you had to do before to just get into the country if you weren't a citizen. Yeah, I don't envy people who, who are not citizens uh, trying to get into Israel. I don't envy them. Me, it's very simple. I just take the PCR test and go, but that's because I have a, a passport. They have to let me in. But I uh, I don't envy people like that. And, and so, you know, that, that – brings up a point which is that i've i wasn't even paying attention to this this is more something i noticed i saw several outlets on my facebook feed saying that the covid guidelines are changing every day it's very confusing for the average citizen this is very disturbing to a lot of people and i don't mean disturbing as in like sinister or ominous i mean like it's disruptive to their lifestyle like you can get used to guidelines temporary guidelines if they're clear but if every day they're changing you don't know what's flying who's coming who's going you don't know it makes life a living nightmare right it really does i remember people had tickets to go because they and then all of a sudden um israel added on a new piece of like document they had to like fill out or you had to get an approval from from somewhere and these people already had tickets and they were li- literally on the same day that they were leaving and, you know, they wouldn't let them in because they, boom, just changed it like right then and there. And it was just, it just created chaos. So then I, I remember, I, I think someone in the Knesset had to like speak to them and say like, oh, like if you had a flight like today, you know, you have 24 hours to like do it um, and you should do it now. But it's but, crazy. Like, it just- you shouldn't, but you shouldn't have to do that. 
No, like, you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't have to. And, and I don't mean like that Israel has no right to dictate who can or cannot come to the country. <clears throat> but there comes a certain point where if you if you want to have people come to your country for tourism or whatever, you, you can't make it a living nightmare. You can't do that. Um, that's why I know a lot of people who want to come to Israel. They want to visit. They want to move even. And they're just like, forget it. I'm not going to do that because I would rather have hot needles inserted under my fingernails then deal with all this. Deal I mean, with that's going a little bit extreme. I mean, just imagining that kind of, I probably wouldn't want that. So, but well, that's I just because you're we- you're just weak. <laughs> also, because no, I just bite my nails and feel it every day. But oh, <laughs> that's man. just a bad habit. Um, that's a bad habit. Yeah, <laughs> you probably shouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, I'm. A lot of people are going to be turning against the COVID madness. Um, just like last night, there were two experiences that I had and these are my lived experiences. So if you try to fact check this on me, you're a racist and I'm going to cancel you. These are my lived experiences. So you can't doubt me on this one. So last night I went out with some friends and I went to this restaurant. I know. That's doubting you. Press X to doubt. Um, <laughs> so I went out with some friends last night and they're like, oh, just, you know, take us where you want to go. And so I said, oh, let's go to this restaurant. I'm not going to mention the name of the restaurant. I don't want the, them to get in trouble. And so I went, I took my friends to this restaurant and we walk there. It's like a, it's it's not like a fancy schmancy restaurant, but it's the type of restaurant where they have someone waiting at the entrance to seat you, right? So it's fancy enough, right? And so we walk there, and the lady, you know, she we walk there, and you know, she asks us how many people were like three people, and you go, oh yeah, and do you have green passes? I'm like, no, I don't have a green pass. She's like, oh, you don't have a green pass? Okay, whatever, just come on in. <laughs> just come on in. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was expecting to like, okay, guys, we're, I was expecting in my mind already, okay, if they don't let me in without a green pass, I'm going to boycott the crap out of them. I'm going to let everyone know that they're doing the green pass. They have the sign and everything. And I was ready for a fight. And she was like, oh, yeah, just come in. <laughs> and then you're thinking your body, you're like, wait, no. <laughs> no, wait, no. no. <laughs> you got you to gotta do it. <laughs> no, you got to let me fight and win. <laughs> no, but that, that that was amazing. I was just like, and I, I looked at my friends, I'm like, that was the greatest thing that ever happened. <laughs> and then, and then I was going home and I saw someone and uh, I'm not going to talk about who it is, but I was talking to this person and this person told me that they got vaccinated. They got three shots, right? So they got all three doses. They were a good model citizen. Three Fauci ouchies. They got three Fauci ouchies. And then what happened was, is that because the, the, that person didn't get the shots under the right passport number or the right ID number, whatever it is. The government doesn't recognize it, and so that person does not have a green pass. It's so stupid. It's very stupid. <laughs> and so that person needs to get vaccinated again, essentially, which is ridiculous. It's uh, so stupid. Like, was, ugh, that's so annoying. It's very annoying. I anticipate that at some point this is going to have to end. And to people – and I just want to say one more thing um, before we move on to the next topic – when that time does come, when we do decide as a society, okay, we're not doing vaccine mandates anymore, we're not doing masks anymore, we're not doing social dist- we're going to go back to normal, that's it, it's over. I'm I'm making this statement right now cuz I think it's important to say. I'm going to I'm preemptively forgiving everyone who put this regime 
in place. Well, not like the actual politicians. Those people could go to hell. But like <laughs> all the all like the people really? that no, the, the no, the politicians are still being thrown in the lion's den. But in terms of the actual like people, like my fellow citizens, I'm I'm preemptively forgiving them for making me wear a mask in synagogue, for shaming me for not getting the vaccine, for for this, for that. Whatever it is, I'm already forgiving them. And I have to, because if we take this grudge beyond COVID, that's it. Society's over. This is the type of thing that can destroy that can destroy society. And that's one of the reasons why Gadi Varkhan's opposing it, because it is destroying society, because you have people who are upset at each other for getting or not getting the vaccine. Yeah, it's one of the main causes of the division that we feel today. Um, people are getting divorced over this. Like, it's very, very silly. Um, you you would think, like, people getting married, like, it should be a little stronger than a vaccine, right? No, it's not. Apparently, like, and, and it's, it's mainly because of the social pressure. People are going into camps. People people are saying, like, if your kid's not vaccinated, I'm not sending my kid to hang out with your kid. Like, there was, there were, there was a lady who was talking about, like, how there was a teacher who was saying, like, oh... Um, my kid, I have a kid in my class who's being shamed by the other children because that kid's parents decided not to vaccinate the kid. That's the, that's not even the kid's fault. That's the parent's decision. And why should the parents feel the need to shoot up a kid with a vaccine for a disease that's most likely not going to affect them? Right? Right. So I'm going to say that, you know, I'm going to have to forgive these people for making me mask, for making, for shaming me for not getting the vaccine. But I ask that they return the courtesy. And I'm not mm-hmm. asking them to say that I was right. I'm not asking – I'm not even saying that they're right. I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm just saying we need to forgive and we need to forget and we need to move on. I and mean, that's what I'm we – need, we need to do that. That's it. I There's mean, no other brother. way out of this. That's Yeah, exactly. <sighs> All right. So let's talk about topic number two. Jordan Peterson leads the University of Toronto. Yeah, that's big news. So – in case you don't know, Jordan Peterson, the 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 essentially the father, the father figure of the internet, he wrote very famously. He wrote Twelve Rules for Life. Um, I forget the subtitle, but it's Twelve Rules for Life. Very very famous book, very very good book, I might add. Um, and then he wrote the sequel to it, which I I'm an just, antidote to chaos. An antidote to chaos. <laughs> an antidote to chaos, right? And then he wrote the sequel. I haven't read it yet, but I do intend to read it at some point. Um, he wrote those books, but he's also been a clinical psychologist in the University of Toronto for many years already. Very, very famous. Um, and he decided to leave the University of Toronto. He's a tenured professor. He already gets to say whatever he wants at the university. And he made a very, very informative – he wrote a very informative article, and then he posted him reading the article on his own YouTube page. Very, very informative. He spoke about cancel culture. He spoke about how um, – Wait, so the- what was the reason why he left? Well, he left because of the essentially the woke stuff. He left because uh, you you've got these quotas for people, research assistants who need to have certain diversity markers checked, and so he can't In university. Yeah, so if he wants to take on a grad student to work under him, like for a PhD, right? Just to kind of shorten it out, like just to kind of simplify it, he has to make sure that they have certain diversity markers checked and if let's say he takes on like a white cishet male right to work for him right and then they get their phd there's going to be universities that will not take this person because they don't fit diversity quotas so he said like in good conscience he can't teach people a job that they're going to be discriminated at you know what i mean 
Yeah, no, it's really bad. So that, but is Toronto doing that specifically? That's why he's leaving Toronto. No, he's doing well. They they are doing at the University of Toronto, but it's not specific to the University of Toronto. This is the university system. He also points out, and I think this is very important to say, he can give lectures on the internet, which have way more reach than anyone in the University of Toronto can give him. Like the that University of Toronto can't give him the platform that YouTube or Spotify or also any... he's famous. So he, he would probably be making more money uh, yeah, doing he, he YouTube could. and what like, you know, the other, I, I don't know whether he's conservative or, or liberal. He's not conservative. He's, he's, he's logical. <laughs> he's classically liberal, but he talks about things that are not politically correct. He says things that are not politically correct. And so he, and so he's a persona non grata in the university world now because he said that men are men and women are women and that's that, you know. Yeah, so he's basically like an influencer now on the internet and he could probably make more money, you know, doing that. But it's not about the money. I think he's... Obviously, it's not about the money, but it makes his life much easier to be able to educate people with knowing that there is... I guess, uh, financial backing behind him. Right. And by the way, this is not even the first person of note to leave a university position. You've got Peter Bogosian, who left a couple of months ago from, I believe, University of Oregon. And you have Brett Weinstein, of course, that left Evergreen Evergreen College, Evergreen, whatever. He left this school. This was whatever. He left because he was He's actually a leftist, Brett Weinstein, but he just didn't allow his class to be disturbed by race riots, uh, so he left. And I guess would the- that actually affect? Would that actually affect the university though? Because they could just hire someone else, right? But it's not okay. Let me explain this. When you have a guy like Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson, he's not this nobody, right? He's not like my assistant professor leaving you know, the school because, you know, they want to work on Wall Street or whatever. This is a, a person who's made their life about intellectual pursuits. And this is a person who I think is widely respected as an academic across the political spectrum, right? The far left doesn't like this person, but lots of liberals like them. I know, for example, I saw one of my like more communist leaning friends, he posted a Jordan Peterson quote in his story. And this is not like representative of all communists, but I am saying that he's respected across the political spectrum because he says things that make sense. He was never even that political before 2016 with Bill C-16 in Canada. And that's only because he didn't want to feel compelled to say someone's pronouns, which we'll get into in the next topic. Um, But he's a very famous person. And so when you have a very famous person, he makes a big stink about leaving. He, He doesn't just quietly leave. He says why he's leaving. It's not going to affect the university in the short term, but it does demonstrate that the university system is failing. So you may have more people who are like, oh, you know, I wanted my kid to study with people like Professor Peterson. But if Professor Peterson and people like him are leaving the university system, eh, maybe I'm going to hold off on that. Maybe I'm going to send my kid to a trade school or maybe I'm going to wait to see what's going on. Or maybe I'm going to, you know, not send them to school at all, have them work for the family or business. online university. Yeah, yeah, essentially, I would say, yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, the point is, I think a lot of parents are going to see as more people, more of these high-profile, well-respected professors, not these crazy loony bins. As they start leaving the universities, the the institution of the university 
is going to is going to decline in value and as that happens you're going to see more people searching for alternative means which you know what that's great i don't think you sh- i think after 18 years of school that's enough i think you should be able to make a living after 18 years of school and there's no reason why the university needs to have a monopoly on education there's no reason they need to have a monopoly on people who do well in life it's not yeah, true, no, it's but even ridiculous. but even the perception, it's wrong because they they charge people a lot of money for the perception for the brand. It's like ridiculous. also like <clears throat> you just because you study most people who even study a specific major don't end up working in the major they studied. Right. There's no reason why if I if I study psychology degree, right, and then I end up working at a call center, can I get my money back for the psychology degree since I never used it? No, you can't because it's information. You can't unlearn things. You can forget things, but you can't unlearn them, right? So it's like, well, just have more companies start doing training. You don't need a psychology degree to work at a customer service. Like you, exactly. you can teach that on the job, right? Um, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm the opinion. I'm of the opinion that you should study the liberal arts for its own sake, but, but not to get a job. Not to get a job. Yeah. And I think the liberal arts are great, but the problem is number right, one but unfortunately, is that, you know, the job market dictates that you need to get a degree. So right, but so we're going to see that as the institutions start ejecting or these well-respected uh, philosophers and figureheads when they start bailing ship on their own, you're going to see the value of a university degree go down, and that's very good. I think that's very good for Jordan Peterson. I think that's very good for society. Um, we wish Jordan Peterson the best of luck. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to his other content that he puts out. Yeah, you can follow him on YouTube. He used to put every lecture of his on YouTube so that everyone can see it. Yeah, now, some are actually fascinating. You do learn oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, and not it's not even it hasn't even gotten political until very recently with the with the pandemic. Before he was just saying things that were facts five minutes ago, and now he's getting political. But I mean, I would say sometimes it's a little bit hard to follow because he uses really big words. <laughs> Okay, but then you just need a you need to take an SAT class. Learn some of those SAT words. Well, I never took the SATs, so <laughs> there you go. So, so maybe maybe it's about time you do. <laughs> oh no, hell no! I am not doing one of those tests again, which you probably don't even need anymore because apparently they're optional now. They're racist. That's that's why they're optional because they're oh, racist. Okay, they just whatever. enforce uh, racial norms and stuff. So, anyways, so um, allow me to indulge myself. With this third headline, with this third topic, Matt Walsh destroys LGBT activists with facts and logic. So I never really understood the titles. I, I feel like the title destroy is very just for clickbait. It, it is clickbaity. It is very it is clickbaity. clickbaity because, but that's you know, the point, oh, wow, that- I really want to see how they destroyed it. And then you watch the video and like, you know, sometimes they really do destroy them. And then sometimes it's like, well... He didn't you really said something that was him. mildly true, and it's like, yeah, I guess you said something, but you didn't destroy them. You didn't destroy you, them, like. <laughs> listen, but listen. My my barometer for destroy is it has to be Ben Shapiro destroys my sandcastle that I spent hours building. <laughs> if Ben Shapiro's not actively stomping on my sandcastle, then it's not actually destruction. But no, they they it, it was really the Ben Shapiro meme, like the the Ben Shapiro meme that kind of crafted this kind of clickbaity headline, like destroys, owns, things like that. And uh, like that was very like tr- I, I want to say twenty fourteen internet maybe. Do you remember when yeah. this is from? Like, um, this is very- 
What, was it the one where he was talking to the university about? Um, was it the Boy Scout uh, example? Well, how do you how do you know how do you know only <laughs> boys are allowed in the Boy Scouts? Where does it say that? In the title, Boy in, Scouts. In the name, Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, it started much earlier than that, though. Like, maybe a couple years earlier. I say much earlier, but it's not like 30 years. We're talking about, like, a span of a couple years maximum. But, yeah, no, there was a point when Ben Shapiro became really famous on the internet because people would have, like, com- compilations of him just d- owning owning quote unquote leftists or libtards remember when libtard was a thing <laughs> anyways but yeah, yeah back to matt walsh destroying dr lgbt phil. activists with facts and logic on dr now, phil on dr phil right right on dr phil Do- matt walsh debated non-binary activists on dr phil it's essentially what he did he did an exceptionally good job but that's a very low bar to set so it's like that's like debating a two-year-old Unlike how babies, like, if you were to argue with it, and then the baby says, no, the babies are delivered by a stork, and then you have to, like, take out a diagram and go, like, no, 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 you see, this is how, like, it works, and yeah, you'll maybe destroy the baby, but the you, you haven't proven your uh, intellectual acumen doing so. And I'm not saying that Matt Walsh is very stupid. So Matt Walsh made some excellent points during the debate, and I first want to point out that there was one point I was watching it. And Dr. Phil was asking Matt Walsh questions on his on his viewpoint. And I remember it was like something, so you think that women are biologically females and that gender and sex are not distinct categories? As if like that wasn't some like obvious thing that everyone should know. Like it was always a thing, like through the beginning of time, kind of. Yeah, it was like, wait, so you're saying that if I put my hand on this hot of on this hot stove, I'm gonna burn my hand. It's like yes, Ab- yes, absolutely, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But he made it sound like it was like a great. He said he said it like as if like what are you stupid for believing in that? And Matt Walsh is like no no, no I believe in that. that. That's very true. And Matt Walsh, here's what Matt Walsh said that he made excellent points. He made an excellent point that number one, being a woman is not some costume that someone can wear. It There's a biological aspect to it that you can't take away. And that if you can't define a woman, you can't then say that trans women are women. Because what these non-binary activists were doing was they were, on the one hand, they were saying things like trans women are women. But on the other hand, they refused to define what a woman is, right? And so it, they, they were kind of trying to muddy things up. And so... uh you know, Matt Walsh made the point that if you are if you are pretending to be a woman, but you're not a woman, right? You're you're using womanhood as some sort of costume to make yourself more interesting. You're appropriating, if you want to use the parlance of the left, you're appropriating womanhood. He also made the point that you don't get your own uh, pronouns. Like you know, like the, the trans people always say, like my pronouns are he, him, or they say she, her, hers. I hate it every time I'm on like a Zoom meeting or something and it says her name and then it says her pronouns. I'm like, ugh, stop virtue signaling. <laughs> like, but here, but here, if I was running a company and I saw someone post their pronouns, I'd be like, you may as well have just said, do not hire me. They may as well just do not hire me. Like, don't hire me for nothing. Don't hire me to make you a glass of lemonade. Forget about working your company and not make a fuss. 
I remember when I first heard that I was in university, I was in a class and the professor was like, hi, my name is so-and-so pronoun, like he, him, whatever. And then he's like, okay, guys, I want you to introduce yourself and then, you know, say your pronouns and stuff. I'm like, pronouns? What's that? <laughs> I'm like, pronouns. I never had to do that before. What's my pronoun? <laughs> and then like people kept going through their, their pronouns like, oh, okay, okay. I was like, okay, I'll just follow what they're doing. <laughs> well, you should have told them that my pronouns are his and majesty. <laughs> and demanded I was that it's so confused. I'm like, wait, what's my pronoun? <laughs> what is this? It was the first time I ever like heard of that concept. And I was so confused about what was happening. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, no, so that's he basically said that. When, when you demand – or when a transgender activist, when they demand that you call them by a certain pronoun, they're essentially dictating to you how you should view them. They're, they're dictating how your experiences, right? Because we use yeah. these pronouns to describe the way we see things, similar to adjectives. He actually makes the point of adjectives like that Matt Walsh can't demand that you call him handsome and smart no matter what. Like even if he is handsome and smart, he can't demand that someone else call him handsome and smart. And that's what these transgender activists are doing. They're essentially saying, oh, we demand that you say we're X, Y, and Z, but I don't experience you as X, Y, and Z, and I'm not going to call you that. I'm not going to call yeah, you that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, you know, another argument that people use a lot is, you know, when it comes to, like, oh, you know, whether they could be, you know, a woman or a man is, you know, they sometimes will go into more scientific ideas and I was talking to a medical student one time and we were talking about we were getting to like the genetics and the genes about it and I understand what he's talking about because I was saying like oh well you know obviously the person has an x and a y chromosome and a woman has an xx chromosome and he pointed out that but there are abnormalities where sometimes will people will have like xxxxxxxxy or people will have both they would have an XXY. That means they both have a 2X and a Y. And which where he and it's like, oh, well, then what sex is he? So you could say, well, we don't know. So, you know, sex can be, you know, uh, you know, people can be different sexes because of that. But then I'm thinking to myself, where I understand where he's coming from, that there are abnormalities, like for some, you know, there are hermaphrodites. Hermaphrodites, yes. Yeah, where like sometimes they're bo born with both parts. But like those are abnormalities and those aren't the normal. So it's like, are we judging or are we defining things based off of, you know, everything and, and outliers and abnormalities? Or are we doing the normal? And like most people are either, you know, a boy and a girl. A healthy person is usually either, you know, they have an XY and they, or, or they have an XX, a normal person. And we, I don't think we should really decide these things based off of abnormalities and, you know, the very few that, yes, okay, they might have an XX and a Y because, yes, that is a possibility, but it's it's so rare that it, it's not the normal. Right. So Matt Walsh actually brought up this point. He said that your your sex is so intrinsic to who you are that if, let's say, we dig up a mummy, right, from 5,000 years ago. We don't know what this person thought. We have no idea what this person believed. We have no idea what this person may have even looked like, right? But we know what sex they were. 
We know if they were a man or a woman because it's not just your chromosomes. It's how your chromosomes manifest. Men typically have denser bone structures. They typically have uh, smaller waists than women. They typically have broader shoulders. They're, they have different levels of epiderm. Like their, their skin looks different. That's why women tend to be colder because their, epide- their epidermis – I believe yeah. ten is bigger than their like the second layer, which keeps them Men's warmer. Skin usually are thicker, which is a reason why women, I guess, I wouldn't say age faster, but they become more wrinkly faster than men because they have thinner skin. Right. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting uh, the the differences, but you can you can tell immediately. Like even a man who goes through gender reassignment surgery, I hate using that term because it's just fake, right? But you know, a man who does all the work to look like a woman typically has an Adam's apple. Women typically don't have protruding ap- Adam's apples unless they're really, really old. Am I Look, correct about that? there are more that? masculine women. I'm not, we're not saying that there aren't. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but we, we but there used are also to... more feminine men also. Right. And a lot of people who were talking about that, they were saying like, you know, we've kind of gone full circle on the debate because in like the 60s and the 70s, the feminists would say, oh, like – just because more men or more women do a certain thing doesn't mean it's a it's an, it's an activity that belongs to the other sex, right? But we've essentially gone for full circle, and we've said, well, we used to say the, the 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 gender activists used to say that if like a boy plays with a Barbie doll, he's not a girl because he plays with a Barbie doll because there's nothing inherently womanly about playing with a Barbie doll, right? There is no such thing as a gender norm. But then we went backwards and we said. No, 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 there is a gender norm, and not only is there a gender norm, but your sex is defined by your gender norm. So now if a little boy plays with a Barbie doll, we hop him up on hormones and we turn him into a girl because he's not doing what boys should be doing, which is even more destructive than the idea that there's no gender norms. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, think, I don't think that's right that they should do that. Look, there are more you know, feminine men and there are more masculine women. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but at least they know, oh, hey, I'm a guy and I'm a woman. Or yeah, this, we, you know, we used to have this thing called a tomboy where a girl who would like to yeah. you know, hang out with the boys and, you know, rough and tumble in the mud. She was yeah, called a tomboy. Yeah, play baseball with them. Yeah, that was called a tomboy. And then they would grow up and turn into a, a, a woman. And typically in the movies, like, you know, like in the movies, there's always like that girl who's like a tomboy. And, you know, then like the guys think of her as one of the guys and then like slowly and then she's during really the way more attractive just but we didn't know because you know she was she wearing glasses and had her hair and the ponytail yeah baseball cap <laughs> yeah and then always in the movies it's always they just take a gorgeous woman and they put you know <laughs> glasses they take baseball cap. they take off her glasses and they let her hair down and then oh wait she's a woman now i should sleep with her um <laughs> but yeah that's what a tomboy is essentially right and uh yeah, like the, like a lot of people were pointing that out. Um, now, I always like to say I think a better example is there are lots of humans out there who are born with eleven fingers or nine fingers, whatever. We don't say that women that women. We don't say that people have an average of ten fingers. We say that people typically. <laughs> we say that people have ten fingers. <laughs> oh no, my god! No, like I've met people who were missing digits or had extra digits, whatever. But at the end of the day, the biology textbooks say that people have 10 digits and that if you have 11 fingers, it's an abnormality. If you have nine digits, it's either an abnormality or an accident happened. But it's fine. Reality- I never really thought of that. Yeah. So how many fingers do you have? I have an average of 10 fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a human, I, I'm typically supposed to have an average of 10 fingers and I, 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 I hold by that average. Uh, <laughs> 
So I mean, if you think about Siamese twins, they have twenty fingers. Yeah. <laughs> not, well, also, we don't say that humans have an average of of one head because there are people who are decapitated and people who are born with two heads. We say that people have one head, and if you're born with two heads, you're a Siamese twin. But it's not the norm. Yeah, I think that was on the news recently. Like a Siamese twin, like one of them, I think, what got pregnant or something. It's like, well, this guy I don't pregnant even. Man? I don't even want to think about that. Can you imagine getting married to a Siamese twin and having to deal with two unpleasant women? Can you imagine? Like, I don't, I don't, want to, I don't want to think. I about mean, that. guys used to marry, you know, two men, two women all the time. Yeah, the but that doesn't, that doesn't. You can decide at any point to stop. With a Siamese <laughs> twin, you're getting two for the price of one. It's just, it's not a good idea. Anyways, so the, the, those non-binary activists are now advertising that they're psychologically damaged. So, I don't know. Like, if, if you can't – if you get psychologically damaged from having to define what the word woman is in a debate that you are causing because no one had a problem with women until five years ago when we decided not only that people can – switch their sex, but that there would be non-binary and this one and that one. So when Matt Walsh asked these people to define what a woman is and they can't answer it, now they're psychologically damaged. It's like, maybe they don't belong in Dr. Phil. Maybe they belong in a psych ward. <laughs> with another doctor? With a, Yeah, with a different doctor. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's very frustrating. Shoot, I had a thought on it, and now I forgot it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was talking a lot because I just have a lot to say about this topic. And uh, if, if you remember, just let me know. Um, but at one point in the debate, there's this other activist, this professor asks Matt Walsh. It's like, I want, like, she says something along the lines of, and I wonder why he cares so much. I wonder why they care so much. And Matt Walsh says, I think this is the most important thing. First of all, anyone who asks you why you care about something, you say, well, why do you care about it? Right? Because... You can ask Matt Walsh why he cares about gender, but then the same question, well, why are you interested in redefining what we thought of as men and women for thousands of years? Why does it matter to you? Why is it that if I don't respect your Zizim pronouns, you go into a catatonic shock? Why do you, <laughs> why, 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 it matters so much to you, but you're asking him why it, ma why it matters, even though he didn't bring up the topic, you brought up the topic, it obviously matters to you, so you can't- I feel like it's like a robot, you know, when- you know, when there's a malfunction or like when you, when, like in the movies, when you say something and the, you know, the, the robot can't process it and like they're, they just like, you know, glitch. Exactly. Well, that's what the NPC <laughs> meme is. That's what the NPC meme is. You've, you've short circuited their logic, uh, their logic boards. And now they're, they're, they're kind of going. But also another them. bad thing is it goes now, it crosses other boundaries that it just doesn't work. For example, like uh, medicine now, for example, you know, it's like, oh, well, how are they supposed to prescribe them prescription? Because some medicines are are more for women, and some medicines are more for men. So if they're if they're so stubborn, they're like, "Oh, yeah, I'm a man. I'm a man." You know, what's the doctor going to do? I mean, they have to prescribe well, now them you can, according to their biology, right? But now you can even change the birth certificate to to please these people. But the problem is, is that if the birth certificate says woman. And then you change it to man. Well, then you take this person to the hospital. They're dying. They can't explain what's going on. They're really a woman, but they they act as a man. So the doctor pumps them full of drugs that are for a man, and they're really for a woman. And you could kill the person that way. Um, but 
but but to get back to the initial thing, right? Matt Walsh says he cares about the truth. He cares about you know his kids and society. That that this ideology is being shoved on his kids, and this takes us back to another person from the Daily Wire, Michael Knowles. I think anyone who's playing right side of the compass bingo can check off <laughs> can check off Luke mentions Michael Knowles on the right side of the compass. I think Yo, like that's great. No, we need it we need to come up with a bingo card so that, you know, when we do the yeah. thing. Like, bingo yeah. and then there's like a ding every time you mention something that we always talk about. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Um so anyone who was playing right side of the compass bingo can cross off the check that uh, Luke mentioned Michael Knowles. And so Michael Knowles says in his book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available on Amazon right now as a bestseller, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, he mentions in that book that there is no, there's no, there's no neutral playing ground for society. We need to exist within certain norms, right? And if the, if we were living in a society for thousands of years where men and women were clearly defined and we had no gender bending weirdness, right? And now all of a sudden we're being told that not only are there these weirdos that live in the red light district that are kind of sexually amorphous, but now you also have to accept it and allow them to trans your kids, right? You're going to have people who are saying, no, 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 you can't do that. And so to to deal with that, you need to have a fight about it. You need to say, well, are we going to do with the old standard or the new standard, right? So in Canada, they decided to go by the new standard. They now banned conversion therapy for anyone. It is now illegal for a psychologist to tell someone who thinks they might be transgender to say they're not transgender. But it doesn't go the other way around, which is to say it's not a crime for uh, for a psychologist to tell a straight person that they're trans, right? Wait, it's illegal. Repeat that. It's illegal for, for a psychologist to say that a straight person is sorry can you just repeat that i'm yeah, trying to follow yeah. it so let's okay so let me break it down for you so let's say i'm a canadian person god help me right let's say i'm <laughs> let's no let's say i'm uh, a american you mean an american right let's say i'm an american right and i go to a psychologist because i need help dealing with the fact that i'm not american right and i go in there and i say doctor i might be transgender the doctor then can't say why don't why do you think you're transgender? Like they can't even question it. They have to he assume like back, he's like, well, that's the worst. That's not the worst of your problems. You're Canadian. Not yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're Canadian, eh? <laughs> maybe maybe like the transgender. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I was talking to some Canadians the other day, and I was telling them it's so cute when Canadians start talking about Canada. It's like when when people who live in Narnia they start talking about Narnia and they start mentioning all the silly things in Narnia. And I like whenever whenever some Canadian starts talking about like going to Nova Scotia and you know up in Alberta, and they they sound very silly doing that. It's, it's adorable talking about their fake country. Anyways, um, so. You, you go to the psychologist, they can't even like question your identity. They now have to completely agree with it. They have to agree with it. But uh-huh. if let's say you were to go to um, – let's say you had the opposite problem. You were going to a psychologist because you were straight. The doctor can say, no, 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 you're really transgender. You're really gay. Really? That's so weird. It's not weird if you think about it. Canada is going by the new standard because they want – their country to be unified. And so they're now going to elevate homosexuality. So you remember in the olden days when the gay pride parade used to be like one, like one day for a couple of hours. And now it's like pride month and they'll stick like rainbow flags everywhere. 
It's just like, well, I want to live in a year. Yeah. Is it a year this year? No, no. I'm just saying the next thing you know, it's a year. Like, oh, oh, in a decade's time. Okay. 2021 is, I don't know, black. It's 2023. 2023 is Pride. 2022 is Pride. My biggest issue with this kind of things is like, where do you draw the line? It's well, like that's... You, you need you need a yeah you're right you need a standard and it's like it's fine to like okay at least with people who are gay and homosexual like they know they're that they're a guy and they or or a woman so it's one thing but then it's like okay well then when you allow homosexuality which I think is is fine you do you but and then. It goes to the next thing, and then the next thing, and the next thing, and then he's like, it's like, who? Then you're even questioning the existence of the world. It's like, you know, where does it end? Right. So, but I would even go a little further. I would say that, you know, there's a lot of people. When I was in high school, and the debate was about gay marriage. You know, back in a simpler time when it was between, <laughs> you know, during straight, the Stone Ages. During the Stone Ages, when I when I walked the earth as a teenager, and I was debating gay marriage. I remember, I remember. Imagine a caveman just like <laughs> debating gay marriage while he's working on a stone. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it was back when I was in high school, you know, a long time ago. And uh, I remember, you know, being told, you know, who cares gay marriage? Who cares this? Who cares that? You know, and I'd be like, well, if you allow gay marriage, you're, you're one of the arguments I always made was, well, when you, when you have gay marriage, you're rubber stamping the, the behavior. You're not it's it's the difference between tolerating it quietly on the side and just letting them be in their own little thing while while having a standard that's one thing versus saying, oh, this is acceptable now. So if you're gay, you can get married and you could adopt kids and this and that. Right. And they said, well, you know, if you do that, right, if you say, oh, um, you're rubber stamping gay marriage and then as as I would say, you know, you're you're advertising the practice and you're you're letting it infect society and you're making this very loose society. So the the other person would say, yeah, but in a straight marriage unit, you know, you're it's it's not you know, it's not unclear how, you know, they have kids, right? Because the mom, mommy and daddy, they love each other very much and they decide one night they're gonna hang out together and maybe, you know, hang out a little too much. <laughs> and then, you know, nine months later, a baby's born. And you know what? If I was a smarter kid back then, I probably would have said, you know what? Yes, there is a difference between gay marriage and straight marriage. I would argue that gay marriage is not really gay, not really marriage at all. I would say that, yes, we do advertise sex. We do. Think about it. Like, that's what a marriage ceremony is. We, we think of this marriage ceremony as very holy and very thing. But think about it. It's really just like we all know yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah, you sex now. <laughs> no, but we, we all know what's going to happen, right? And you would think like the, the parents should be in shock and the rabbi aghast or the priest is like, <gasps> you know, but they come to officiate it. The parents pay for it and the rabbi blesses the union, right? And then, and then we, we, we and at least in, in Jewish circles, I don't know about Christians. I've never been to a Christian wedding before, but you know, in the Jewish circles, after the wedding ceremony, you dance the couple off to the 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 the, salt, the yichud room, but it's it's where they hang out together. When they hang alone. out together alone together in the room, that's when the marriage is considered consummated because you have to assume they had they did. The no, deed. it has to be in the same time frame that you that you could 
like like have sex if you wanted to but people don't usually do it because it will take forever just to get out of that dress <laughs> right but also they're so hungry from fasting all day so they're typically just that, eating that too but the assumption is is that they did and so therefore you have to assume they're married but it's not it's not about whether they did it it's the assumption that they did that they and could do it they could have they could have and so um but yeah, we we dance them off. We know what's about to happen. We know it could very well happen, but we're dancing them off into that room, right? So yes, we're advertising sex, but that's the type of sex we want because it creates families because we agree that marriage is a unit a union that is supposed to strengthen uh, that is designed at least uh, broadly speaking for the conception and the rearing of children. And so we celebrate that because it's useful to our society. Whereas homosexuality is not useful to our society. I could talk for hours about the the utility of things in this, that, and I would recommend reading Dennis Prager's commentary on Exodus. If you want to get a better idea of the revolution of, of Exodus of like those like anti-homosexuality laws, when it talks about those things in the Bible, because it's very fascinating. But what I will say is that if you want if you're if you're already making me pick a standard, right? If if I have to pick between the old-fashioned times where it's like one man and one woman and they have like three kids and a white picket fence or I have to pick like the gender weirdos on the other side or like women are you know, I can't define a woman cuz each woman's experience is different. I'm going to go with the first guys. Like I have to pick a side, so I'm gonna go with the first guys. I don't care what happens. Like I need to be on the side of reality. And Matt Walsh brings that brings up that point. It has to do with the kids because they're now pushing the stuff on our kids. And we're running a little late, so I'm not gonna go too much into detail. But they're pushing the stuff on our kids. They're making us accept it. They're making they're they're shaming us for not going along with it. So it's like, yeah, you know what? I will tell you that a trans woman is not a woman because if I have to start getting involved, that's it. I'm done. I'm not. That the gloves are off. So whenever a gender activist says, why do you care so much about transgender rights or whatever? I say, well, why do you care? And I have every reason to care because you care and you're making me care and you're shoving it down not only my throat, but my family's throat and society's full throat. So that's why I care. Yeah. All right. So why don't you introduce the next topic? Because this we, we usually only do three topics, but there were so many things to talk about today. So I decided to do four. Yeah, no, this... Uh... 2022 is off to uh you know one thing i really like about the news it's it's, it's kind of like a roller coaster and this is off to a very interesting start so everyone's probably heard on the news about the whole thing with russia and the u.s and uh ukraine and, it, and we the, for the past four years we've been hearing about russia we can't stop hearing about how donald trump's colluding with the russians remember that and then when they couldn't get him on that they got him on colluding with ukraine but we'll get to that later but anyways continue yeah. Um, but essentially what's happening and you can come in if, if you want to add anything, uh, Luke, but, uh, from my understanding is so essentially Ukraine, uh, NATO, Ukraine wants to join NATO and Russia doesn't like that because, uh, Ukraine is on the border of, of Russia. From what I understand, Ukraine is Russian for borderlands. From what I understand, yeah, so I could it used be to wrong. be part of the USSR, and then when they broke up, there were other countries: Poland, I guess they split up. Lithuania, um, Ukraine, etc. And so they they don't like that because they you know they find NATO to be a security risk, or you know they find NATO to be a risk and a threat to to Russia. And 
uh, and NATO finds Russia to be a threat to them. So, you know, now there's all these disputes and Russia sent 100,000 troops to the border of Ukraine. And essentially, uh, Russia is saying, hey, Ukraine better not join NATO. And if they do join NATO, we're going to invade. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I'm kind of confused about because, you know, it doesn't really make sense to me. You know, the reason why Ukraine is is joining NATO is for the exact reason why they sent a hundred thousand troops to the border. So it doesn't, so Ukraine is joining NATO because they're worried about Russia. And now Russia is threatening them because they're worried about NATO. Well, if they, you know, this wouldn't be happening if they weren't, if Russia wasn't being very hostile towards them. So like, you know, if, if it just wasn't happening, then we just wouldn't be in this mess. Right. So um, before I, I say my piece, I would just like to say that Rody and I, we don't know everything about every single topic. We feel the need to discuss a lot of topics because we don't want to be one note people. We want to we're, we're learning. We're on this journey with you. Right. The dear listener, we're on this journey with you. Um, and so, of course, I could use this opportunity to plug the show. Of course, go like the video and all that stuff. But make it like an infomercial. Yeah, we could we could do that, and since it's and since it's such a long podcast, I don't feel so bad about sticking in multiple plugs. But I'm going to avoid that because I really just want to focus on if we say something that's incorrect, or if you think we missed a piece of information, now's a great time to go comment in the comment section, or message us on Instagram or on Getter or whatever it is. Let us know because if we get something wrong, we want to know what we got wrong. We want to clarify for ourselves, if nothing else, right? We're on this journey with you. And so uh, if you do comment and we fact check it and we find that it's true, and I say fact check it, I don't mean like on Facebook. I mean like actually check the facts and make sure it's true. Uh, yeah, I will bring it up in the next episode. We'll, we'll, we'll set the record straight. I think that's fair. You agree with me, Rody? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And we'll even give you credit. We'll even... We'll even say your weird, uh, stupid, you know, Instagram handle or whatever it is. We'll we'll say that. We'll 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 mention it, even if it's like monkey watch, monkey watch sex like sixty nine. Oh yeah, no. If it's just like Steve, we'll be like Steve says. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm expecting I'm expecting like forty two sixty nine so four twenty sixty nine monkey something or other whatever <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you have anything to add, you know, let us know. So with that in mind, I'm just going to say my piece. And that is that it's very interesting that you say that because this is this is a demonstration of the realist school of thought in international relations. Um, I took, just for full disclosure, I double majored in history and international relations at the Hebrew University. And so uh, this is this is, I don't want to say my expertise because I'm not an expert at this by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, this is what I did study for three years. And um, this is a demonstration of the realist school of thought, unlike in the liberal school of thought, which says that international relations is dictated by states, but also by corporations, by NGOs, by I- international institutions, things like that. The realist school of thought really just says that there's no such thing as allies. There's really just strategic partnerships, temporary ones. Common interest. Common interests, right? That's the word, the phrase rather. And everyone's jockeying for power. And Russia's jockeying for power and the United States through NATO is jockeying for power as well. You have to understand that 
if Russia doesn't pull out of this conflict plus Ukraine, like with the addition of Ukraine on some level, uh, Russia loses because then the United States becomes more powerful. NATO becomes more powerful, which is what the United States really is. That's really just that's that's really just the the European branch of the United States. Well, yeah, because they don't want American troops in Ukraine on their borders. Right. But then you also have to understand that at, at the end of all this, right, at the end of this, it's really just an energy crisis. This debate, this, well, not debate, this conflict between Russia and Ukraine is really about energy. So let's get into that. Let's talk about energy. Okay, so what you need to understand is that uh, Western Europe gets its natural gas and oil from Russia. Russia is one of the most resource-rich countries in the world. Um, and up until now, that wasn't a problem because the Ukraine was allied with Russia. But as Ukraine became more independent from Russia after the fall of the USSR and just over time, the norm shifting, right? Um, Russia's in a bind because Ukraine also has a lot of resources. I believe it's I, from the source I saw, and I'm going to double check the source. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What's it? Okay. From www.trade.gov. This is the website. I don't know how true it is, but this is true as of September 24th. 2021. Oil and gas production. Ukraine has tremendous natural resources for ensuring domestic needs and energy resources with estimates of approximately 900 billion cubic meters of proven reserves of natural gas. In Europe, Ukraine ranks number two in Europe for gas reserves. Now, what happens if Ukraine joins NATO? I guess essentially they get free reign on the gas reserves. Uh, no, they don't get free reign, but essentially you have a much more agreeable person or a much more agreeable country providing you with your natural gas needs. That's a huge problem for Russia because that's how Russia is able to keep some of its power. Russia's, I think Russia, along with the United States and China, are probably the three biggest players in the world, right? Oh, yeah. You've got, you got the U.S. and China. China, obviously. you got the U.S., which despite the fact that it's being run by the wimpiest people on the planet, it's still a very powerful country. It could change very quickly, but um, as it stands, this is the case right now. And you've got Russia. And these three countries are really jockeying for power. right? This is I, I believe this is a tripolar world. I, I believe this is how they would say it in the international relations uh, community. It's like it's a tripolar world where there's three big powers and they're all jockeying for supremacy. And... Um, if the U.S. can effectively cut off Russia's gas supply, or to Europe, to Europe, which is to say they replace it with a with a more friendly Ukrainian natural gas supply, right? Then the U.S. comes out. Essentially, they cripple Russia. But wouldn't they have to join the EU for that, and not NATO? Because I was speaking to someone, from what my understanding is, NATO is more military well nato stands for north atlantic treaty organization and it's more for military purposes while the eu is more for trading and economic purposes well one of the one of the things about nato is that it also includes the united states but the united states is not in the european union for obvious reasons yeah. um so the european union's trying to absorb a lot of these uh countries uh but it's also losing i don't think the european union's going to be around for but when it years. comes to ease of access to, to the energy, I think they would need the free trade. No, no, no. But it's not ease of access. It's more just you're not providing Russia with the money 
right? If if Ukraine is not allied with Russia, if they're allied militarily with the United States and with NATO, and even if there's no agreement, right? Let's say they're not part of the EU, but they're allied with the EU countries. It's not even about a better rate. I'm sure Europe would love to pay less money, even if Russia lowers their prices. But the reality is, is that the United States can demand European nations get their gas from Ukraine and essentially cut off a huge revenue stream from Russia, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Do you understand what yeah, I'm saying? No, cause they, yeah, because they, they have one, I don't know how many pipelines they have, but usually they get their natural gas from, from Russia and then goes through into Europe. So I guess because Russia, they feel threatened by Russia and they don't want to deal with Russia and Russia can just you know, cut off, uh, you know, their supply at any time. So it gives them that power. But it's not only that. It's just, it's a matter of if you're buying your supply from Russia, you're funding Russia. And if you don't fund Russia, where do they get their money from? Yeah, you're right. They don't have that much more resources besides that. No, they got lots of good resources, but Ukraine is also rich in resources. Ukraine is considered the breadbasket of Europe because Mm -hmm. the land is incredibly fertile over there to the point where it was, people were shocked. That really? the USSR managed to, yeah, read basic economics by Thomas. Because Smith. I was no, because I was I was uh, thinking that like, who cares about Ukraine? Like, what's there? <laughs> no, Ukraine is no. Ukraine is everyone cares about Ukraine. There's I mean, very, they both already speak Russian, and they're basically already the same. That country. well, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Ukrainians speak Ukrainian, not Russian. And they by both the sound way, the same to me. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so don't talk to my friend. If you spoke to my friend and you said that, she'd punch you in the face. The the, oh. the people the people in the in the countries surrounding Russia, if you call them Russian, they get very upset. They no, no, I, that I do know. I mean, obviously, you know, you and I are both in the army, and we have experience dealing with Russians and Ukrainians, and I think they would get pissed off if you you know said that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, they don't they don't want to be known as Russian if they're not actually Russian. Uh, but Ukrainians do speak a language. Yeah, I know it'd be from like pers- you, if, if someone called you Canadian. Oh no, I I I kill them. They call me. How <laughs> dare they call me Canadian? Someone calls me Canadian. That's it. They're dead to me. Anyways, I mean, um, I call you know I, I mean, I know this pisses you off, and I say it because it pisses you off. But Canada is American because America is a continent and not a country. The door is like right over there. <laughs> the door is right over there. You you can just yeah. leave now. I'm going to turn this into the Luke just show. Punch the screen. <laughs> I, I if if my hand could leave, get through my phone and hit you in the face, you would have been dead by now. I would have choked <laughs> you through the screen. How dare you say that? You're lucky you're on the other end of the screen. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so that's really the conflict, and this actually. This was actually played out in a scandal that happened in 2020, or it didn't happen in 2020. It was brought up in 2020 during the election, actually. Mm-hmm. So do you know the story of Burisma? But what? Burisma. No. Okay, so here's how it goes. There was a point when Joe Biden was the vice president, so. Really? Yeah, I think it was Obama's second term. Not quite sure. But when Biden was the vice president. His son, Hunter Biden, was sitting on the board of a gas company in Ukraine called Burisma. And that company was being investigated by the Ukrainian attorney general for fraud or something like that by a man named Viktor Shokin. Okay. And Joe Biden, 
he he calls up the president of the U- of Ukraine, and he says, "Oh, so I see that you're investigating this guy or this company for uh, corruption or whatever. Drop it, right?" And the guy says, "No, we're not going to drop it." He said, "Oh, you but you want your aid money, right? Because they send aid money to Ukraine for weapons and such." It's like. Yeah, we want our aid money, so you better get rid of the attorney general and cut the investigation. And so he got rid of the attorney general. He, we know about the scandal because Biden bragged about it on television. He bragged about it. That's funny. <laughs> and so when Trump found out about this, when it, when it, it didn't – I don't want to say found out. When it came to Trump's attention that this happened, right, um, Trump called the president of Ukraine and he said, oh, there was something going on over here. Can you please investigate it? And then it became a big scandal. Then people accused him of colluding with Ukraine. And then in 2020, during the election, there was a huge scandal with Hunter Biden. The yeah, New York that Post, I didn't know. So the New York Post made an article and Facebook and Twitter squashed it. That's what yeah. it was about. Because oh, the, you, cause Hunter cause – and I don't know what's going on. I'm going to say this. I don't know what's going on. But I have to assume that the reason why Hunter Biden – is sitting on a Burisma board because Hunter Biden, I assure you, with with his beautiful artwork, does not know anything about natural gas. He's on the board because of Joe Biden. Money. I, I saw you made the money. The the, the viewers <laughs> did not see that you were making. <laughs> That's the, true. They did <laughs> That's not the see problem it. with audio. They don't see you. So yeah, I did the the money sign on the thing, but you know, money, power, Biden. You know, yeah. Anyways, so but the reason why I assume these these companies want these foreign people on their board is so that the is it, it helps the like it has to do with the power struggle. The reason why the Americans want to be sitting on these boards, and I assume the Russians, and I was reading on the on the Wikipedia page about this conflict, and it turns out Russia is also appropriating Ukrainian gas companies to Russia as well. So it goes both ways. But the reason they're doing it is because it's really a fight over natural gas because Russia wants to continue supplying gas to Western Europe and America wants Ukraine to be supplying gas to Western Europe under the auspices of the NATO and kind of the EU and that whole blob of different international organizations. Yeah. So going a little bit away from, you know, why is this whole thing happening? How do you think... I guess Biden's handling it and do you think Trump would have done things differently or where do you see it going? Well, in terms of Biden, didn't Biden in his speech about his first year, we were we were supposed to cover that, but other things came up. Like that's how big this week was. We we had four topics and there was still a topic that I wanted to cover that I cut because I just didn't have time. But I believe during his speech he said something that a lot of people were like, Why did Biden say that? He's now inviting Russia to invade Ukraine. What did he say? I forget what he said. I, I I don't remember what he said, but he said something along the he like he didn't use strong enough language and it implied that he would like kind of let Russia take Ukraine, whatever. I don't know. I just know that I think Putin. Uh, what what's the codename they give him? Um, what do you mean, like the Kremlin? Yeah, Kremlin. No, that that's not his code name. That's the name. That's like saying the White House. It's like when you say the White House does something. The Kremlin, the Kremlin, yes, sounds like a villain from like you know an you know Avenger movie. Well, that's because the <laughs> Russians are always the name a movie where the Russians are not the villains. Also, just because you know, I guess it I sounds know, like Kremlin. Just, 
Yeah. It, anyways. it sounds like Gremlin. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so he feels, I guess, how Biden, um, you know, handled Afghanistan. He kind of feels that Biden isn't strong enough to, to really have like, he, or he's not competent enough to really, I guess, have an effect on them. Um, that's how, that's the sense I'm getting. Um, and that, you know, I kind of do believe he's r- right. Putin, you know, plays hardball and I feel like, you know, Biden isn't, you know, Putin rides softball. on bears, Putin rides on bears and Joe Biden says things like true and not a shot of pressure. So <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> know, I'm just imagining care. like if, if Trump was president, how it would go down, it'd be so different and it would also be so funny. He'd be like, my button's bigger. No, no, actually, no, 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 that's wrong. You're you're wrong. No. I will no, I'll tell you how Trump would have handled it. Trump wouldn't have gotten involved in this, and I'll tell you why. Probably because he actually took troops out of Ukraine, no? What Trump did with Ukraine, we know what Trump did with Ukraine. He handed the Ukrainians a bunch of money. He said, here's weapons, now defend yourself, right? And in the meantime, he wasn't really concerned with where Western Europe was getting their gas money because Trump was making America strong on its own. Right. Yeah, he didn't want to be. He wanted to be about us, not about them. Right, and so when Trump made the United States energy independent, all of a sudden it doesn't really matter where Western Europe gets their gas from. You know what I mean? We could sell them gas if we wanted to. We could sell them oil. We we don't we don't have to get it from Russia or Ukraine. Well, the the issue is you would have to ship it. I guess that's really the only issue. First of all, you could theoretically build a pipeline under the sea. There's no reason why you can't. If you're if you're if if you're making so much money on being energy independent. You could build a pipeline and have it go. I'm sure there's like, you know, that there's like a tunnel between like England and France, right? Even though England's an island, right? We can build things underwater. It's not a problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but, you know, the water from England to France is way shorter than, you know, the entire Atlantic Ocean. Right. But I'm simply saying, I'm simply saying that Trump wouldn't have gotten in, involved in this because we would have been energy independent. And so, it would have been like Ukraine. Like, who cares about Ukraine? Okay, so Ukraine goes to the Russians. It goes to the Western. Like, who cares? Like, that's probably would have been that would have been his attitude. The reason he got involved in North Korea is because they're testing nuclear weapons. Yeah, but I don't think he would have cared if Putin took over Ukraine or didn't take over Ukraine. But I do understand where you're coming from. That if America said, like, for I think if America says they're not allowing China to take over Taiwan and Trump's yeah. at the helm, you know that they mean it. Right. And that's why China would never do it. But now China's eyeing Taiwan because, because it's Biden. Right. And they know that Biden doesn't know what day of the week it is, much less. Uh, yeah, you, like know. you could criticize Trump how you want, but I really do think when it came to international relations and geo- geopolitics, he was doing a very good job. He, that was probably the strongest aspect of his presidency, despite the fact that he was the America First candidate, or maybe because he was the America First candidate. I don't know. I still haven't figured that out yet. But he just he had an understanding of international relations that just like he was brilliant at international relations. He made peace in the Middle East practically that was only ruined because of Joe Biden, right? We, yeah. we saw what happened with Joe Biden in international relations in the Middle East, and then he got like captive U.S. people. Back from North Korea. And yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, when it comes to internationals, you know, it, and you're that powerful, you know, you need to play hardball. And exactly. unfortunately, I think Biden's playing softball. But that's the thing. Democrats are typically weak on things like international relations because they're weak in general. Because like, they're focusing on America and 
things here, which like which you know the federal no, government. No, no they, but what do you mean? The Democrats are focusing on things here. Or? Yeah, you know, you know, uh, you know, healthcare, you know, racism and uh, diversity, and uh, you know, all the social programs. They're trying but to. That, but then you're but but you're forgetting something very important, which is that. Trump was also focusing things here. It's not about whether they're focusing no, here or there. They're that. focusing – it's what they're focusing on. Namely, when – like Putin knows what a man is and what a woman is. There are people in Congress who cannot define what a woman is. There are people in Congress – Nancy Pelosi said you're not allowed to use gender terms. What the hell does that mean? Like, like how are we supposed to fight the Russians who are funding churches? They're like literally building beautiful cathedrals and they're trying to reverse – they're, they're like declining population. How do we fight that if we're so busy concerned with everyone's stupid pronouns? You're right, because that's the issue with all these different issues that are, you know, there are more important issues out there. And, you know, it's funny because like, I remember, all right, guys, going back to the bingo. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael Knowles was one time talking, uh, was mentioning an ad for the military and he was comparing the one from the US and Russia and, you know, the one from Russia was like, you know, badass and and really made you want to like join in. And then, you know, the one from America was all like, oh, you know, uh, it was, <laughs> was kind of gay. It was gay. No, like I mean, it, was, it was honest to goodness gay. Like, <laughs> Not even right, figuratively, it was, like, it was literally the, the like, military. Yeah, it, exactly. No, but like when, when someone starts talking to you about your pronouns, right, I don't care if you're on the right or the left. The minute like. I like even if I agree with your stupid social issue, ninety nine times out of one hundred, if you're talking about a stupid social issue and you care too much about it, I'm gonna be like, gay, like absolutely gay, like you're such a fag, like it's not even, like there's something very gay about caring about all this crap. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you care so much about like gender pronouns, like even if you're not gay yourself, if you care so much about it, I'm gonna be like, gay, you're gay. Obviously gay. But um, um, what do you, where do you think, uh, you know, going back to Russia and the U.S., where do you think it's going to go? Do you think, there, you know, war is going to break out? you think the United States is just going to let Russia take over Ukraine? What are your thoughts about it? I wish I knew. I wish I had a crystal ball here that could tell me. If I had a crystal ball here that could tell me the answers, I wouldn't be no, doing No, our podcast. show would be number I one. Be winning the lottery. <laughs> Not only would our show be number one, it would be just about how much I win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what I would do. I wouldn't be concerned about international conflicts. Yeah, and last like, week's number cares? that you guys didn't win because I won it was one, two, three, four, five. Exactly, and you suck because I have a crystal ball that tells me what numbers are going to win, and you don't. Although I wouldn't say that. Because, you don't want to give away your secrets. You know, maybe I do have. Actually, maybe I do have a crystal ball. You'll never know. Guess you'll never find out. <laughs> You'll never find out. Um, if I die with like trillions of dollars in the bank, you'll know it's because I had a crystal ball. Oh. I just destroyed it because it was a power too great for any mere mortal. Only, only I could You're use it. You're the chosen one. <laughs> I'm the chosen one, yes. Anyways, but if I had to make a prediction, if I if someone was putting a gun to my head and said, <laughs> sorry. Luke, make a prediction or I'm going to shoot you in the face. They're putting a gun to your head for that exact reason just makes me laugh. It's like out of all the reasons they could put a gun to your head. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say my examples were practical. I just said <laughs> I'm just giving in. <laughs> It's like they're not robbing a bank. They're they're just you know they don't they don't want they don't want all my money. They just want me to make a prediction. They don't even care if it's right. They just want me to make a prediction at threat of gun violence. Um, 
If I had to make a prediction, I would say that they're not going to do anything. If Russia invades and annexes Ukraine, nothing's going to happen. At least by the U.S. The U.S. is not going to yeah, do it. Yeah, because it's not worth it. They might, they might shake their fist in the air and go, you darn Russians. And they might blame Donald Trump for colluding with Russia, even though this is not true. Um, they might even write a strongly worded letter to the U.N. talking about how displeased they are with Russia. But in terms of sending troops, I don't think they're going to do it because it's simply a matter of they don't have the cojones to do it. Right now, the hand that wields the sword is very weak. Yeah. And, and and the sword has gotten rusty because essentially they cleared out the military and they're making it woke. So now if you sent troops, like they'll probably try to lecture the Russian soldiers to death about their <laughs> pronouns. So it's like it's like who cares? You know, like what like whatever, bro. And and before when Trump was in office, that wouldn't have been a discussion because number one, that wouldn't have been on the Americans' minds because they're busy being energy independent. So they wouldn't have cared about who's getting gas to Western Europe. And they probably would have been focusing more on China, which is probably a that, bigger threat than Russia. Yeah, for sure. I, I would have like Michael Knowles again. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Michael Knowles essentially said that we should be like, you know, like that page, uh, things left to say that would be awesome if they were true. Can you repeat that? It's a page on Facebook called things left to say that would be awesome if they were true. Okay. And so Michael Knowles essentially says colluding with the Russians is one of those things that would be awesome if it were true. Like imagine if the America and I don't necessarily agree with this. I'm just saying like this is what Michael Knowles says. Michael Knowles says like wouldn't it be great if the Americans and the Russians would collude against China? Wouldn't it be great? That would be amazing. Yeah. Like I think that's like way more important. Like I'm more concerned about the Chinese taking over Taiwan because of semiconductors than like Russia because they're, they're already giving their gas to Western Europe. So I don't really care. If also, they if you allow, also, if you allow China to take over Taiwan, then you're literally giving them the green light to take over other countries also. Right. And uh, right. And unlike in like Russia, where you have like all these big Western powers that have like strong militaries, Japan doesn't have a military. What happens if China decides to become belligerent? Like Ch Japan ceases to be a country. No more anime. That's it. The no. Chinese ban anime. <laughs> so maybe that would be like the one good thing. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's it. There's no more Japan because the Chinese would ban anime. They'd ban video games. They'd ban all those things because they want like, Ugh. you know, strong things. And they the don't worst. want you watching anime. I know. That's the worst. No more no more Japanese anime pillows. Can you imagine, Rody, what you would do without your anime pillows? I know. Like if you're going to take over a country, like at least don't do that. <laughs> no, but the Chinese are monsters. Don't you know? That's what they would do. And they'd take over Korea. They, they Or they'd help maybe the North Koreans take over South Korea. But South, Southeast Asia or Eastern Asia is very, very volatile, unlike Europe. I think Europe's a lot more solid, is built on a lot more solid ground. Japan does not have a military. It's not allowed to have a military. Well, because they depend on the U.S. Well, after we kicked their asses in World War II, let's... Let's remind the Japanese, in case they forgot, that we dropped two atomic bombs on them, and then we decided if they get to have a military or not, because that's how well, wars Because we also built them back up. So We did build important. them back. We built back better, you might say. <laughs> we built back better. <laughs> instead, of, instead of believing in superstitious nonsense about an all-supreme emperor, they now believe in anime girl pillows. So, you're welcome, Japan. Uh, anyways. <laughs> you're welcome, Japan. Anyways, um... 
Yeah, but I'm much more concerned about China because if China doesn't behave, we could lose Korea, we could lose Japan, we can lose – and then you have just like this big giant country next to our other ally, India. Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm much more concerned about that than I am about, you know, Russia. Russia's not a big deal in my opinion. They're also just like – other than like gas and maybe vodka and maybe backwards R's, they don't do anything. Or the threes? The three? No, no, the back. No, the backwards R is like the last letter of their the Cyrillic alphabet. But it's like from know. A to backwards R. There's their alphabet's very silly. Anyways, um, but Russia doesn't do anything besides for like provide the West with oil, and maybe like prop up a church. Well, actually, I mean, Russia is actually in favor of global warming, and they probably aren't saying this outright. But for two reasons: one, first of all, if there's global warming the middle of the earth, which is the hottest point will probably, you know, New York will get warmer weather. So places that were cold will become nice and places that were nice will become like desert lake. Well, so, well New York is not going to be nicer with global warming. Cause remember number one, the city's covered in garbage. So it's going to just smell <laughs> even more disgusting. And number two, because the roads are all black and the buildings would just get more unpleasant. Like you've been in New York, right? It's not pleasant during the summer, at least when you're in like the actual structures. Sticky. It it feels sticky and gross. If you go to like Central Park, it's nice. But if you go to like anywhere with buildings, it just feels like a burden. It feels awful. Yeah. But it's essentially, like you you were right that Russia has all these resources. The only issue is it's under a lot of snow and ice, where which they can't get access to, or it'll be or it would cost a lot to get access to to really drill down. And you know, as and if it becomes nicer weather, you know, up north, and all the ice melts, then they'll get access to all these resources which would make russia you know much more powerful than it is now um which is you also actually see now russia actually is building a lot of military bases along their northern borders because of the northern ice caps are melting and would become an important trade route for for shipping so that's also just another thing with Oh, wow. Global warming. Yeah, no, I could send you a video afterwards. It was fascinating. Oh, yeah, I need to see that. Um, but if only just to own the libs, can you imagine global warming and colluding with Russia as like one thing? Like we're going to make – like imagine the Americans doing global warming in order to collude with the Russians. Like that would be like a recipe to own the libs. I mean you would say – I mean I guess wouldn't you say that they already did collude with the Russians during World War II? No, but that wasn't really collusion so much as just working with the Russians. But collusion implies a certain level of secrecy. Like, no one's really supposed to know we're working with them. They don't really co- like, am I really colluding with you if I start a business with you and just make lots of money? Am I colluding with you or am I just working with you and making money? Like, that's the question. Uh-huh. You understand? Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why language matters and whatever. So my point is, is that imagine if the Americans colluded with Russia by causing global warming. Can you imagine? That would be pretty interesting. Right. So um, just to annoy the libs, to own the libs, I think we should do that. That sounds like an excellent idea. All right. Awesome. And that's our show. Please like the video, share with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. In addition, we are available on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can also follow us on Instagram at the right side of the compass. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope you tune in next time. <laughs>